we are reviewing Antlers, the new horror film. This stars Kerry Russell, Jesse Plemons, who you'll know from Fargo, Breaking Bad and such like, and a newcomer, Jeremy T. Thomas, a young lad. I think he's 13 or 14 now. Uh, this is produced by Guillermo del Toro, obviously Shape of Water, Pan's Labyrinth, all that kind of stuff. Nightmare Alley is coming out soon for him. So he's a, you know, he's the gothic horror guy. If you were to describe this as a genre, this is folk horror. So it kind of sits on that sort of trajectory of uh, the witch, uh, Midsommar, you know, that kind of thing. Maybe even the Wicker Man is in there somewhere. Uh, it's set in Oregon, um, which is a sort of mystical and and wild and sort of almost uncharted frontier of America still. And this pivots around really the story of Jeremy T. Thomas, the young boy, uh, who plays a, a young lad. And Kerry Russell is his teacher, and she obviously begins to get concerned about his welfare. He's incredibly emaciated, doesn't look like he eats much, he sort of looks bruised, he looks lost, he looks like a sort of urchin, if you like, straight out of a Dickens novel or something like that. We have it revealed that Kerry Russell herself, who's this, whose brother is the Jesse Plemons character, she's had some unspecified sort of trauma in her past from their father. Uh, she struggles with that and so this kind of sort of strikes a bond between her and her concerns for the young boy played by Jeremy T. Thomas. Now, this film initially makes you think that the horror or the seat of horror or the origin of horror is going gonna, is gonna to reside within the boy. Um, and it does that for about 20, 25 minutes. It starts with some kind of uh, scenario going on within a mining shaft in Oregon where two guys are essentially doing a bit of a Breaking Bad thing, actually, where they're kind of cooking up meth um, and something awful happens to them, some kind of strange wailing creature type thing clearly abducts or assaults or does something to them. So that, that's the intriguing setup. We then discover across the period, a period of time that this boy, he's kind of gathering and scavenging for sort of roadkill, uh, dead animals, things like that. He gets bullied at school and what have you. And he keeps returning home to this home where he, he essentially looks like he lives on his own, but he doesn't, he doesn't. He has a room in where he lives, which has this strange growling uh, creature or, or man or human or something, humanoid. Um, and we get it revealed with this beautiful shot that kind of homes in on a, on a keyhole and we see this eye just pushed up against it. And I think at this point, this is when the film is at its best. It's like most horror films. Most horror films are at their best as they're creaking into shape setting up the drama, setting up the horror. You know, you have a spiralling, ever-building sense of tension, worry and fear. I won't give away too much of the details of the plot, but suffice it to say that, you know, within this room is essentially uh, his dad. To say his dad has a sort of mental health crisis is an understatement. He's been possessed. He's a sort of creature. He sort of, he eats in a sort of ravenous, animalistic fashion, the food that, that this young boy brings back. But we also discover that Jeremy T. Thomas's character has a small brother, and the brother resides within this room with his father. Now imagine that, imagine being in this room with this sort of crazed Neanderthal-type creature. Um, and it develops that actually this guy, the father, is possessed by this creature, which is called a Wendigo or Wendigo or something. And what's intriguing is, yet again, this Wendigo is a sort of culturally specific thing um, that kind of is in the folklore of a native Canadian um, 
community or, or, or like a Native American Indian community, but it's basically based in Canada. And because Oregon is so close to Canada, it kind of overlaps. But that's a kind of tradition, isn't it, in horror films? If you think of The Shining, if you think of Pet Cemetery, Amateurville Horror, they're all kind of about houses or scenarios or hotels built upon Ameri Native American Indian graves. And so this film has that same thing about it. And it's set in Oregon. And it has that, again, Oregon has that sort of thing of, you know, the abominable snowman and all that kind of stuff so this wendigo wendigo is uh, is a consequence of that and this thing is an antlered creature so sort of almost half man humanoid and and deer head so jeremy t thomas goes from being a uh, source of horror potentially or the origin of horror potentially to you realize that actually he's managing the horror here he's trying to control his father he's trying to keep him under lock and key and you know he's got some responsibilities this boy and i think he's doing a pretty good job but jeremy t thomas himself is a phenomenal young actor and for me he's the star of the piece i mean kerry russell is very good as the teacher and the woman who tries to sort of look after him and and sort of becomes attached to him across the course of the film but Jeremy T. Thomas really is the hidden gem in this film. Jesse Plemons essentially is a bit of a bit part he kind of fusses around the edges but he never really fires up or gets going and in a weird way although it's been sold as a bit of a Jesse Plemons film uh, he's not really in it that much. But Jeremy T. Thomas, I was getting some really strong um, reminiscences of the film The Tin Drum, where there was that remarkable scene. This is how I remember the scene from The Tin Drum. There's a shot looking up into a woman who's about to give birth, and in her womb you see a child kind of looking from behind organs and stuff in the womb, the placenta maybe, or the umbilical cord. And this boy, Jeremy T. Thomas, reminded him me of him, sort of impish and pixie looking in, in, in his face. Now, this is a film that's high on gore. It's high on black goo coming out of mouths. It's high on cracking bones. It's high on sort of splitting heads. It's high on gore. What's left when people are dispatched with is more than just a body. It's a sort of contorted, burnt mass of something as if something's torn itself out of it, which it has essentially. And so you see this quite a bit. So if you're a tall, faint-hearted, you're going to get a lot of gore and a lot of black goo coming out of things. It kind of reminded me of John Carpenter's The Thing, when the dog's head splits open and, you know, their hands go into the chest of the, the human when they're trying to re resuscitate him. So, it, it, you know, it's got all the right ingredients in there. It's got the dodgy boy that you think could be the horrific thing. But then it kind of descends, I felt, it sort of descends into a classic sort of horror film with jump scares and, and ludicrous sort of fights with this creature. And then one minute the creature is, is almost insurmountable and, and, and unkillable. And then very quickly in a sort of wrapping up scene, it becomes killable. And that, for me, kind of almost diminishes the horror. It's that classic thing of, you know, it's more horrific when you don't know what the monster is and then as soon as you reveal it it becomes a bit ludicrous and i have to say the moment i kind of lost faith in the monster was the moment that the man the dad his chest sort of glowed almost in an et sort of way and so when we get to the end of the film and jesse plemons coughs up his black goo we get something similar in the chest and that for me was a bit obvious it was a bit naff so if i'm honest what would have improved this film would have been spending more time on toying with the audience and suggesting that the boy was the seat of horror. Us trying to work out what he was, what he was doing, why he was so strange, we could have parked a few more sinister things within him. And I think it could have been a richer film for that and you could have delayed the reveal of this remarkably antlered, antlers, creature.
So if I was to give this a score, I'd probably have to give it, what would I give it? I'd give it a 65 out of 100 because there's a lot of inventiveness in there. It does sit within that folklore thing. It's very dark, it's beautifully shot. I mean, it really is beautifully shot. Great colour palette. The horrific moments are horrific. Not scary. I mean, you're not literally jumping out of your chair, though there was a moment where a car passed really loudly and they ramped up the audio and I jumped out of my skin. But yeah, it's intriguing, it's entertaining. It's a good distraction on a Halloween weekend. For more film and family fun, don't forget to click the subscribe button and make sure to click the bell to never miss an update.